Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erev and daf Mem Zayin. We're starting four lines from the top, the sixth word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yehudis Miriam Bas Hersh Tzvi, her neshama should have an aliyah. Now the previous Gemara had stated a number of klalim. Whenever this Tana and that one argue, then the halacha is like this one. However, when that one and this one argue, then the halacha is like the other one. Rav Misharshi objected and maintained that we take each machlekes on a case-by-case basis, and there isn't one Tana that we paskin like in every case. The Gemara already attempted to bring proofs to Rav Misharshi. However, both were unsuccessful. So now the Gemara attempts with its third proof. El It's from this Mishnah. If a person leaves his house, and he goes to spend Shabbos in a different city, whether this was a Gentile or a Jew that went to spend Shabbos in another city, Eiser, he asers the people in his chatzer from carrying Divrei Meir, that's our mayor's opinion. We already know that for Erevei Chatzers to be valid, everyone without exception has to join in. Since this person forgot to take part because they went somewhere else for Shabbos, no one is allowed to carry in the chatzer, and that's even if it's a Gentile. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, None of these people asser because since they left for Shabbos and they never had any plans of coming back, therefore, they're not going to asser the people from carrying. It's like they don't live there for that Shabbos. Rabbi Yaisiyamer, he says, Nachri Iser, a Gentile is going to asser everyone from carrying. Yisrael, a Jew will not asser from B'nai and Yisrael Lavi B'Shabbos. It's not regular that a Yisrael is going to come back on Shabbos from a different city. He's not allowed to leave the Tchum of that city to come back to his own city, whereas a Gentile might come back on Shabbos, and that's why he's going to asser everyone from carrying within the Chatzar. Where he says, even if he left his house, he went to spend Shabbos with his daughter in that city, so he could come back. He doesn't ask for the people of his chutz from carrying. He already has removed his das, he's already not interested in spending Shabbos in his chutz, therefore, everyone's allowed to carry, even though he wasn't part of their Erevei Chatzers. And who argues with him? Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says, You said Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda. Anytime Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon argue, the halachas always like Rabbi Yehuda. So we see from here, from the fact that we had to say explicitly that the halachas like Rabbi Shimon, it must be that we do not follow the klalim. So the Gemara says, my kosher, what's the question? So to over here, like we answered previously, where we state the halachas like Rabbi Shimon, so the halachas like him. But if we did not say the halachas like him, so then the halachas not like him, and we're going to default to the halacha being like Rabbi Yehuda. And now the Gemara attempts its fourth proof. From the following Mishnah. Now we're going to be talking about a poor and a rich person. This is not talking about their financial status. A poor man in this Mishnah is someone that's traveling and is presumed that he doesn't have any food with him. Whereas a rich man is someone who's at home and so he has food with him. And the Mishnah says, and this is what we had said, a poor person can be with his feet, meaning he could go to the place where he wants to be Kanish Shvisa, even though he doesn't have food with him, and that's going to be his Kenyan Shvisa. Reb Meir says, this only applies to a person that doesn't have food. Reb Yehuda says, even if this person does have food, we only said that you're allowed to make an Erev with bread, with food, just to make it easier on the rich person, on the person that has food, so as not to force him to actually you have to go to the place to be kind of his shvisa. He's actually allowed to take his food and send it with a shliach. And Rav Barashi was teaching Chia, the son of Rav, in front of Rav. This halacha, and Rav told him, You should also conclude this halacha with halacha Kreb Yehuda. The halacha is like Kreb Yehuda. Now the Gemara asks, Tati Lamali, what do we need two statements of this for? We already said previously, Anytime Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda argue, the halacha is like Kreb Yehuda. So why do we have to say the halacha is like Kreb Yehuda? Over here, the Gemara says, "My kosher, what's the question?" Rav Perhaps Rav doesn't hold of all these kolim, and he argues with Rav Yechonon. All these kolim were mentioned by Rav Yechonon, whereas it could be that Rav argues with him. Now the Gemara attempts its fifth proof. 
is from the following Mishnah. Now, two matters of introduction before we continue. First of all, the mitzvah of Yibum is a requirement for a brother to marry his deceased brother's wife if his brother had died without children. A certain waiting period is necessary to determine whether or not the Alman is pregnant. If she is, then Yibum will not necessarily take place. The second thing is, is that Jewish marriage is performed in two stages, Erusin and Nisuin. Erusin is loosely translated as engagement. It's unlike our engagements. This is when the chassan gives the kala a ring and says haret mikudeshes. This actually halachically binds them together to the extent that she would actually need a get. Nisuin is completed by the chuppah. Now in the times of the Gemara, these two stages were separate from each other, sometimes by an entire year. And so we continue, Hayavama, a woman who's waiting to undergo yibum, loy tachlet, she's not allowed to get chalitzav, loy tzisyabim, she's not allowed to have yibum, until she has this waiting period of three months to determine whether or not she's pregnant. Also, any other other type of woman, get married, undergo engagement, until they wait this three-month waiting period. whether she's a virgin, whether she's already been with a man, she's a widow, she's a divorcee, or she's only been engaged, or she's even been married. Rabbi Hudaimer he says, if she was already married, so then they're allowed to get engaged without waiting this three months. If she was only engaged and then she got divorced, her husband died, you know, so she's allowed to even get married. Because she was never with her husband. Chutz, except for Merusa Shabihuda, a woman who was in Arusa in Yehuda, because his heart is very fond of her. Rashi says that in Yehuda, after Erosin, they allowed the Chassan and the Kala to be Beyichud together, and it was very possible that she was pregnant from that Yichud. Therefore, even though she's only in Arusa, she has to wait this three months. Rabbi Yaisi says, Kol Arsu. All women, they're allowed to get engaged, except for a widow, because she has to wait out her Avil period, and therefore she's not allowed to get engaged until after the Avil period. Bamrinon, Rabbi Lazar Loy Alabay Majasha, Rabbi Lazar didn't go to the base magish one day. Ashkali Rabbi Asi the Havakayim. He had found that Rabbi Asi did go to the base magish. Armalah he asked him, My Armabay Majasha, what are they saying in the base magish today? Armalah said, Hachim Rabbi Yechanan, this is what Rabbi Yechanan said, Halachak Rabbi Asi, the Allah's like Rabbi Asi. So Rabbi Lazar tells him, Michal Dihida Apologale, that implies that there's only one Tana that argues with him, because if there was a Rabbim, we wouldn't necessarily say the Halachas like Rabbi Asi. So we say, In, you're right, Vahatan, you have a Braisa, Haresha Hesar Dufalech Besavia, if a woman was always going to her father's house and she spent very long periods of time at her father's house, and her husband had died while she was at her father's house for three months. Or she was very upset at her husband, and she wasn't with him for three months. Her husband was old, or he was sick, and he was unable to have Tashmish. Or she was sick. Akara. She was in Akara. She was unable to have children. Rashi says she was married three times, and with each husband, she was unable to have children. So she's Becheskas. She's unable to have children. Zekena. She's old, and she can't have children anymore. Kitana. She's too young, so she can't have children. Vailinus. She's underdeveloped, and she will never develop properly. If she ain't really or she can't have children, Rashi says she drank some sort of potion that made her sterile. Or a husband was in jail for three months and then he passed away. Or a woman who miscarried after her husband died. They still have to wait three months. This is our mayor's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi allows for her to get engaged and married right away because there's no way that she's pregnant. So we see that Rabbi Meir is the one person that argues with Rabbi Yaisi. And now the Gemara asks, what did Rabbi Yaisi need to say that halachas are Rabbi for? Rabbi Yaisi had told us previously that anytime Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yaisi argue the halachas are Rabbi it must be that we don't follow these kolim. The Gemara says, what's the question? Perhaps the only reason why Rabbi 
Yechanan said that Halacha is because he's just trying to say that we don't pass in like Rav Nachman in the name of Shmuel. The Amr he said Halacha Kreb Meir because Raisav. The Halacha is like Rav Meir. Any time Rav Meir passing something that we're going to make Xera one thing or to another thing, we're always going to pass in like Rav Meir, and that's why Rav Yechanan deemed it necessary to say that the Halacha is like Rav Yasi. But it's very possible that in all other circumstances, any time Rav Yasi argues with Rav Meir, the default is that the Halacha is always going to be like Rav Yasi, even without saying it. So now the Gemara attempts its sixth. Proof. The Gemara says, El Meha, Titanu Eva Brysa, Hoichim Li Richel Nachrim, a person is allowed to go to the marketplace of Gentiles, Belaichim Mehen, he's allowed to purchase from them, Behem of Avadim Ushvachais, animals, servants, and maid servants. This is because he's elevating them to the status of being owned by a Jew. Batim Sadisukramim, he's allowed to buy houses fields and vineyards. This is because now he's taking property that was owned by a Gentile in Eretz Yisrael and now it's being owned by a Jew. Because of Umalabar Kaisholahem, he's allowed to write this on a shtar and bring it into their court systems, meaning get it approved by their courts, because like he's saving it from their hands. If he doesn't have a shtar that's recognized in their court systems, they might come to him later and say, you stole this property from us and he's not going to have a valid way to prove it. Now the reason why usually he should not be allowed to go to a secular court system is because after they make a good business deal or if he does any sort of business with them, then he might be the catalyst of them praising their gods for their success. So therefore, usually you don't want to go to the secular court system unless you want to ensure that they don't take your property away from you. Vimhayakayin, if he's a kayin, metamim he's even allowed to go into chutzlarts and become tame ladunul ar imam to go to their court systems in chutzlarts to ensure they don't take his property from him. The same way that a kayin is allowed to go into chutzlarts, even though he's going to become tame in order to deal with these things, he's even allowed to go into a basakvars to become tame to deal with these things. The Gemara says basakvars He's allowed to go into an actual cemetery. Tumadai Raisa, he. That's a Tumadai Raisa. We're not talking about Tumadai Raisa when he goes into Chutzlarts. Chutzlarts is just a Tumadai Rabbanan. They were geyser. There's some sort of Tumadai Rabbanan of mace. But not Tumadai Raisa. The Gemara says you're right. Elo Besa Pras Rabbanan. He's allowed to go into a Besa Pras, which is only Tumadai Rabbanan. We already said Besa Pras is a field that had a kever in it. And then it got plowed over. And we're just not so sure if there's any bones that are big enough that can be Matame him. So we say it's just an Isra Drabbanan to go in there. This Isra Drabbanan is waived because of the considerations that we just mentioned. Umetame Lisa Isha. He's also allowed to be time himself to go get married. The law my Tyra and to learn Tyra. And Amr Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says, Amosai, when is that that he's allowed to be Matame, Bismacha in Maitzalomite? That's only if he doesn't have any Yeshivas or Bame that he can learn from in Eretz Yisrael. Aval Maitzalomite, if he has a proper place to learn in Eretz Yisrael, Layatame, then he's not allowed to go be Matame. Rabbi Yasuyami, he argues, and he says, Af Bismacha Maitzalomite Nami, even if he does have a place to learn, Yitma, he is allowed to be Matame himself. Why is that? Memzainam based on the top, Lufisha Ainmanakal Zoycha Adam Lomite. A person's not able to learn from everyone, even though you might have a Rebbe who's a really good Rebbe. He might not be successful in learning from that Rebbe. So therefore, he's allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael and go learn from Rebbe that he will be successful by. There's a story with Yosef Akain. He went to his Rebbe in Tzidon to learn Taira, and this was in Chutzlaaretz. And Rabbi Yechonon said, The halach is like Rabbi Yaisi. And here we try to close in for our final attempt. Lamali, why did Rabbi Yechonon have to say the halach is like Rabbi Yaisi? We already said, Anytime him and Rabbi Yehuda argue. So Rabbi Abay says, He needed to say the halach is like Rabbi Yaisi in that case. You might think, we only paskin like all of these previously mentioned machlaikasin from Mem Vavar and Bez, when this one argues with that one, the Allah's like him, so on and so forth. Only when they're mentioned in a Mishnah, if this Machlaikas is found in a Brysa, I might say that we don't paskin like that because many times Brysas were unclear and sometimes the names of the Tanaim got mixed up. So you might think that we do not paskin, let's say, like Rabbi Yaisi whenever he argues with Rabbi Yehuda in a Brysa. The Gemara says, Kamashmal and the Chilishes, we paskin like them even when the Machlaikas is found in a Brysa. But now the Gemara has a problem with Rabbi Sharshia because Rabbi Sharshia had said that we do not paskin like all of these Machlaikas in. So what was Rabbi Sharshia based off of? So the Gemara says, 
is what Rav Mesharshi was saying. Hani Klali, these Klalim, not everyone agrees with these Klalim, to Rav, Klali. As we've already stated previously on Amun Aleph, Rav argues the Rabbi Yechanan, and he doesn't hold of all these Klalim, and we take it on a case by case basis. And the Gemara continues, Amrav Yehuda Mershmol, Chefte Nachri, the objects belong to a Gentile, in Kainin Shvisa, they're not Kainin Shvisa, they do not have a Tchum limit. The Gemara says, Lamand, who's that like? Elam, the Rabbanon, if you're going to say it's a to Rabbanon, Pshita, that's obvious. Hash the Chefte Hefker, the Leslahu Bailim, in Kainin Shvisa, we know that according to Rabbanon, ownerless objects, they don't have any owners in order to be able to say that they're like their owner, and still we say that they're not Kainin Shvisa. So Chefte Hanachri, the objects belong to Gentile, the Islahu Bailim, they have an owner, and we're going to say that they're going to follow what their owner's responsibility is, and since the owner, who's a Gentile, doesn't have any chiv shvisa, so therefore the object doesn't have also. So Mibaya, you need to tell me that halacha from the Chachamim? Of course the objects of Nachri don't have shvisa, and they don't have a tchum limit. So the says, El Ali, but Rabbi Yechim it must be, it's like Rabbi Yechim The Kamash Blan, this teaches us, Eimadam Rabbi Yechim Menuri, Kain Shvisa, when did Rabbi Yechim say that objects have shvisa, they have a tchum limit? That's only an ownerless object, the last Lubailim. It doesn't have any owner that we can say that it's like its owner. But the objects belong to a Gentile, the Islahu Bailim. It has an owner that we could say it's like its owner. Loi, they're not Kanish Visa because the Gentile himself doesn't have a Chiv Shvisa either. Now the Gemara asks Mesve, Roshimin Allah Aimer, he says, Hashel Klimen Anachri, if a person borrows a Kli from a Gentile, Biyantif Anyantif, Vechina Mashalai Lanachri Klim Erev Yantif, someone that lent a Kli to a Nachri on Erev Yantif, Vechzero Lebiantif, and the Gentile returned it to him on Yantif. Vakalim Arzar Shashavsu Bistar Chatchum, and any sort of Kalim or storage items that were inside the Tchum on Erev Shabbos or Yantif, Yeshlam they are limited to 2,000 amps in every direction. And a Gentile, they brought produce from outside the Tchum, you're not allowed to move them from their place, meaning they've already gone outside their Tchum, so we see that they are limited to Tchum. So now the Gemara says, If you're going to say that Rabbi Yechim holds that the items of a Gentile are and they're limited to 2,000 amps, this would be like Rabbi Yechim But if you're going to say that the items of a Gentile are not kind of shvisa, so how many? Who's this like? It's not like Rabbi Yechemunuri or the Rabbanan. So we say, it really could be that he holds that the objects of a Gentile are kind of shvisa. I so what about this previous statement in the name of Shmuel that seemed to say that Rabbi Yechemunuri holds that Chavtsei are not kind of shvisa? That's really Shmuel the Amr Kerabbanan. Shmuel holds like the Rabbanan. With the Ka'amr, that which you had said, the Rabbanan, Pshita, that it's obvious that the Chavtsei are not kind of shvisa. So the chenish is Malditema. You might have thought gzera bialim denachri atu bialim deyisrael. Then maybe we should make a gzera that when a gentile owns something, that object has an isr shvisa and that has a tchum, because a person might end up making a mistake even with a Jewishly owned object, and he might say that no objects have any sort of isr shvisa. Kamash malon. The chenish is that we are able to differentiate between the objects belong to a gentile and objects belong to a Jew, and we're not afraid that we're going to mix them up. Rav Chia Barav and Amar Rav Yechon Chavzei Nachri Kainin Shvisa There are Kainin Shvisa Gzeira Baalim Denachri Atu Baalim Yisrael We don't want to mix up these different objects Therefore we say any object no matter who it belongs to is going to have a Tchum limit of 2,000 Amas And now the Gemara says Hani Dachri Da'asul Mavrachta There were rams that were brought to Mavrachta which was a city and this was outside of the Tchum of the rams Sharlu Hu Ravel B'nei Mechaiz L'mizba Minayu Ravel allowed the people of Mechaiza to purchase these rams on Yantif Now the people of Mechaiza had made an Erev and therefore they were allowed to go to Mavrachta on Yantif. And now the Gemara Says, I'm going to be in the Rava. My day, take. 
What exactly was your reasoning why you allowed the people of Machaiza to purchase these rams? Because he says that the objects belong to a Gentile are not Kainish Visa. Therefore, even though these rams were out of their Tchum, it's still permitted to purchase them and take them wherever you want. Anytime Shmuel and Rabbi Yechanan argue the halachas are Rabbi Yechanan, and Rabbi Yechanan said the Rabbi Yechanan that the objects of a Gentile are Kainish Visa. So Rava accepted this, and Hadar Rava, Rava retracted his opinion, and he said, The people of Mavrachta are allowed to purchase these rams, because the entire city of Mavrachta, is like the four Amas of these rams. We know anytime something leaves its Tchum, it's not allowed to go more than four Amas. However, the entire city of Mavrachta is like Dalad Amas for these rams, therefore the people of Mavrachta are allowed to purchase the rams, but the people of Machaiza are not allowed to. So we see the Rava was Chaiza from his opinion, and we go with the opinion of Rabbi Yechanan, the Chafzei Nachri Arkanish Shvisa. We're going to pause here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.